0: Disrupting Japan, episode 98. Disrupting Japan is sponsored by Wall & Case. If you've ever tried to hire staff in Japan, you know how crazy it can be. I mean, there are over 3,000 recruiting firms here, and they're all telling you pretty much the same thing. Well, the guys at Wall & Case are different. When you're coming into Japan, they'll sit down and work out a long-term hiring strategy with you. Is it best to start with a country manager? or perhaps ahead of partner sales. Maybe the first step is really a community manager. Now, I've known the team at Wall & Case for a long time, and they've worked with a lot of the companies that have been on this show and with some of the world's biggest brands as well. So if you're hiring in Japan, you really should talk to Wall & Case. Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, And thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about money, about investment. It's not about exciting things like venture funding and ICOs, but about simple, somewhat stuffy stocks and bonds. Jin Nakamura co-founded Money Design as a way to introduce millennials and other young Japanese to investing. Money Design has created Theo, one of Japan's first robo-advisors. Now, robo-advisors are a lot simpler than their name implies. Basically, all that's happening is that you contribute a small amount of money each month, and the robo-advisor will invest a certain percentage of that in stocks and another percentage in bonds, and will make some adjustments if the allocations get too far out of alignment. It's a simple concept, really, But as Jin explains, young Japanese have shown very little interest in this kind of investing. So to reach them, Money Design created a lifestyle brand, one that had absolutely nothing to do with finance or money. And it worked. Young investors have been flocking to the Theo system and have made it the largest robo-advisor in Japan. And in fact... Jin shares some of the insight that will be very important to anyone running a fintech startup or trying to sell financial services in Japan. But you know, Jin tells that story much better than I can. So let's hear from our sponsor and get right to the interview. Your journey to success in Japan will involve some twists and turns. In trying to navigate new terrain, planning the safest, most effective way through on your own can be overwhelming. Overwhelming. The Carter Group have been using market intelligence and research to guide Japan entrants for decades. They've honed an agile, cost-effective, but consultative approach that will help you find the perfect product market fit, explore user and consumer dynamics, and act as an honest broker to let you know the reputation and track record of potential partners here in Japan. And when you're ready to go... Their executive search team can also help you hire the right people to drive your business forward. So if you haven't got Japan completely figured out yet, the Carter Group can help you out. So I'm sitting here with Jin Nakamura, the CEO of Money Design and creator of Theo, a robo-advisory for retail investors. So thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming to our office. Ah, I'm delighted to be here. I mean, I described money design in a very simple way, but I think you can explain what you guys are doing much better.
1: Our product is very simple. We are providing robo-advisory services in Japan. And then our global competitor is like Betterment and the Wealthfront. And then we are one of the first venture companies to provide robo-advisory services in Japan.
0: And, and for those of our listeners who don't know, robo-advisory just means that individual investors can give you a relatively small amount of money and you invest it automatically for them
1: yes so we are providing the very simple financial products by smartphone so once you access our website and then you answer the five just five question we show the portfolio for each customer currently we are providing over 230 portfolio for the customers and then once customer put their money into our portfolio, after that, we manage that discretionally.
0: Okay. You are saying that there's five questions. What yes. kind of
1: questions do you ask? Uh, the first question is, uh, how old are you? And then the second question is, uh, do you have any experience for the investment? And then the third question is, uh, are you a conservative or aggressive? Fourth question is, uh, what would you do if the market going down? Are you gonna put your money more? what well, do you withdraw the money and then the last question is uh, are you afraid of inflation
0: it sounds like basically you're you're trying to get a sense of the customer's risk profile mm-hmm. and sensitivity to inflation which is probably like how long they plan to invest right yes but even you answered a very simple five question
1: uh, we put some kind of algorithm for the profiling then uh, we you know analyze your uh, not only the risk return, but also your tendency for their investment.
0: Okay, that's actually, I want to dig deep into that a little later on. But before that, tell me a bit about, tell me about your customer. Who's using FIO? Who are Money Design's customers? Yes.
1: Oh, Over 50%, actually 51% of our customer is under 30s. And then 15% of our customer is 20s. And then compared to our competitor like a large finance institution, when we look at their customer, only five or seven percent of customer is twenties. So we you know, provide our service for the younger generation.
0: Do you think that so for example you used to work at Nomura, yes. which is the, the largest, probably most conservative yes. <laughs> securities firm in Japan. Do you think that the interest traditional financial companies have in these kind of robo advisors is the new technology, or do they think of it more as a way to reach millennial and younger investors? Yeah, that's
1: a good question. I mean, the, when we look, talk about the robo advisor service, it is very easy to you know create. You can put some algorithm for the profiling. It's very easy. Actually, in Japan, there's over twenty robo advisor services. However almost all of their services is just providing for their customer. There's no new customers. For instance, 89% of our customer doesn't have experience of investment. 43% of customer has a a little experience for the investment. However, maybe they fail, for instance, FX or... Sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Almost everyone fails at FX. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when we look at our customer very young generation started the uh, investment services for the first time and then choose fail. So that's uh, our customer demographic.
0: Okay. So it's reaching a whole new and important customer base. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that robo-advisors themselves can be made using very, I don't want to say low technology, Mm -hmm. but it's it's simple problems, simple algorithms. Yes. But... You guys were, were founded in 2013. You didn't raise the first round until the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. And you've launched, Theo, congratulations. Thank you very much. February 2016. Mm-hmm. So what took so long? What was going on during that time?
1: Uh, before that, we does not have any license, brokerage uh, has license. We can advise to the clients, but we cannot provide a product to the clients. First, we studied advisory services. Clients opened the account in the United States, and then uh, we advise them how to you know, uh, invest. And then we get the license in 2015, and then we can provide TAO in 2016. That's the reason. It's very tough to get the license in Japan.
0: So it's strictly for compliance reasons. Compliance reasons. But I would imagine that with your first uh, minimum viable product, it must have been very hard to reach that millennial demographic? So we differentiate
1: two strategy. First is a UI and UX. Second is a branding. Our UI UX is very simple. Large finance issue maybe put something and put something and put something and then the website gets complex. Almost all of our competitors provide a very complex UI and UX. First, we make it very simple and then easy to register and then easy to start it. So that's the first our differentiate strategy, and the second is a blending. Theo is the name of the Vincent van Gogh's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Vincent van Gogh could sell just one picture when wow. he lived. However, Theo supported for the mental side and also the money side, and that's the reason Gogh could write a picture for his whole life. Our you know uh, concept of the Theo is. We care about the money.
0: You can enjoy that life. So, well, I can certainly see the appeal. Mm-hmm. You're telling people who are confused by the complexity, no, no, it's very simple, we'll handle it, easy to understand interface. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost much to get started. <laughs> Let's talk about that, that complexity. So on the website, you're talking about over 6,000 ETFs around the world. Mm-hmm. Is your trading universe really 6,000 ETFs? Because most robo-advisors kind of stick to between like 20 or 40 ETFs.
1: Our ETF universe is 6,000. However, we trade it about 30 to 40 ETF per customer.
0: So Theo really looks at 6,000 ETFs? Of course. All over the world? Yes. Wow. Some are denominated in yen, some in dollars, some in pounds. Of course.
1: Now we use almost New York listed ETF. Currently, uh, we didn't use the Tokyo listed ETF because their liquidity is so thin, and then the the cost is too much for the trade, and the performance is not good compared to the New York. (laughs) Management fees are very high in Japan.
0: So most robo-advisors, like Wealthfront, for example, mm-hmm. they seem to be based on very traditional asset allocation yes. models with, as you were mentioning, X percent to U.S. equities, Y percent to international equities mm-hmm. and bonds, and then they rebalance once a quarter or, mm-hmm. you know, once a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, We rebalance and
1: reallocation every month. We set the balance first, right? Maybe growth 40%, income 40% and the inflation hedge 20%. And then maybe next month, the market collapse or up, and then we rebalance it 40-20.
0: You mentioned that Theo uses uh, AI to do portfolio construction. Mm-hmm. Is it actually a AI, or is that something that's more aspirational, something you want to do in the future?
1: We co-research with the Kyoto University about AI. However, we believe that AI for the finance is good for trading. However, AI for the portfolio construction, uh, there's no kind of evidence what is good or not. We are keep researching about AI, how we can you know leverage the AI for the profiling and then trading side also.
0: It's fascinating because finance is one area that despite being incredibly rich in data, mm-hmm. yes. has been incredibly resistant yes. to AI.
1: The problem is a factor of the investment change dramatically. You cannot you know, forecast anything and the factor change quickly and dramatically.
0: I think that's, that's kind of the general philosophy behind asset allocation in mm-hmm. general, right? Mm-hmm. It's On average, you'll do much better with low cost diversified assets than you will trying to pick the best stocks. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem for the younger generation, maybe they know low cost is good.
1: And then diversification is good. However, they don't know how to choose it. So many experts and then financial advisors or commentators said index is the best product for the investment or you should choose the low-cost ETF or something like that. But what is the purpose for the investment? They want to invest the money for their retirement. Or maybe they invest the money for some travel or buy something. However, when you go to the bookstore or website, everything said that the best investment is an ETF or best investment is do you choose the low cost? But for what?
0: None of that advice is necessarily bad advice. It's just it depends on what your goal is. Mm-hmm. Since you've been able to attract a whole new demographic, what has been your customer acquisition strategy? Have you been doing mostly social marketing or direct marketing or partners? How have you gone about getting customers? Yes, uh,
1: we use the three strategy. One is, uh, of course, uh, the internet advertisement. And then one is a media. And then the one is a partnership. Our brand message is very unique. The media love our story. Not only for the financial media, but also for the very, you know, fashion media or something like that. Okay. And then also we partner with a local bank. In Japan, there is almost no unbanked customer. Almost all of the customer owns the banking account in Japan. However, there are too many unadvised customers in Japan. They own the banking account, but they never provided some kind of advice for the financial side. Bank in Japan is just a function.
0: And in fact, that's one of the main drivers behind this whole fintech boom is the Japanese banks have been partially out of regulation, but largely out of business culture. Yes. So you're going to be doing a deal with Shinsei Bank, right? Yes. Tell me about the deal.
1: Okay. The Japanese bank program is, uh, of course, they own a the large number of customers, but the customer just focusing on deposit, send the money or something like that, oh. for just a function.
0: Yeah, I can see it's a, it's a huge win for both sides because you're providing a service that Shinsei does not. But is this something that you're doing as kind of a white label service for Shinsei? Or is Shinsei just getting a commission on the business they refer to you? What's the structure of the arrangement?
1: Our partnership brand name called Teoplus. Teoplus SINCE Bank or Theo Plus Local Bank. And then our partner bank introduces their customer to us. And then uh, our partner bank gets some kind of introduction fee. And then sometimes we share our revenue, I, I mean the, our profit.
0: Okay. So you're mentioning before about, about reaching the millennials. So most of the millennials aren't reading like financial news and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. the, the the story behind Theo. Mm-hmm as you mentioned, it was a great way to kind of expand outside of financial news. And in Internet advertising, finance-related terms are like the most expensive keywords to bid on. <laughs> so it's incredibly expensive to advertise for finance. So in the Internet advertising, the social advertising, did you also use that strategy of not telling the financial story but telling a related story? Yes. We have our owned media called Outliers. Uh,
1: we picked some very famous people for young generation uh, like Mr. Kuriki. Um, Mr. Kuriki is yeah. a mount climber. And then uh, Mr. Inokosan, uh, this, this artist or something. We did interview for them. However, there's no the advertisement. But at uh, the end of the article, there's a teal. Uh, we sponsor that.
0: Really? So the and stories they... themselves didn't have any... They weren't about finance. They were... Yeah. Their life, we focusing on
1: their life, why they enjoy their life. And then we create a fan through social media. For instance, our liked click of the Facebook is twice larger than our competitor. For instance, uh, SBI Shoken, their number of likes is smaller than us. <laughs> well that's actually not too surprising but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean the, 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 I know what the you know. yes, number of the account is a uh, 400 times bigger <laughs> than us but the f- number of fans is a uh, smaller than exactly. us exactly
0: <laughs> but no this is really interesting because I've I think the concept of brand loyalty in Japan and brand marketing is so strong that even though the content you're providing has nothing to do with Theo or finance in general, that loyalty was enough to drive a whole new audience to at least consider using Theo.
1: Yes. It's very tough for customers how to choose a financial services.
0: There's no some
1: kind of material.
0: Or, or there's either, yeah, either there's nothing or there's just too much information. Yes. So they cannot choose it. So
1: maybe some people think that the low cost product is good. However, low cost doesn't match sometimes. Of course, we provide a very low cost services. However, we think the concept or how you make a fan of the product is much, much better than just focusing on the function of the
0: financial product. Okay. So what kind of stories did you write? What kind of people did you feature? You mentioned uh, a mountain climber talking about climber. his life and then the
1: artist and Chef the fashion designer.
0: So just this huge range of lifestyles. lifestyle That's fantastic So the deal with Shinsei is that trying to expand your user base into more traditional, more conservative investors? Or does Shinsei see it as a way of expanding their business into more millennial investors?
1: Of course, millennial. The Japanese banks' problem is there are a huge number of customers, but those customers is not fan of banks. So It's hard to be a fan yes, of a bank. So they can reach to them. They want to reach to them, and then they want to you know, provide some financial services to them. However, the younger generation think, if the bank sent me an email about the financial products, maybe high risk and then two costs for the product. They want to you know, change their image of the services.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So it's a, it's a marketing function. I mean, behind the scenes of Theo Plus, bank name, it, it's all the same services and all the same customers. Yes. One of the problems of
1: the Japanese financial industry is IT vendor provide you know customized system for the bank or financial center. And then maybe some kind of people, oh, we would like to create that kind of robot services and then you could you create some our original services and then every vendor says, okay, I can create it. It costs a lot and but it's okay. We we want our brand or something. But after that, what happened? That business is not so easy. And then they renew
0: it. The cost Cost, cost, cost. The maintenance costs are always far more expensive than the initial development costs. And then we provide a scalable
1: product. Theo Plus is almost the same with Theo. So if we update Theo, Theo Plus updates automatically. So the
0: banks doesn't have to pay for the renewal. So far, all of your growth has come through this innovative social media outreach. But do you view these banking and financial partnerships, is that what's going to drive future growth? Yes.
1: After we launched the first year, we're focusing on our original model, organic growth. Because sometimes it's easy to partner with and then send a customer to us, but there's no you know, strength for the products. First, we need to know the customers and then we need to know the market. And then we need to know that what is the best product for the conversion well
0: that's that's true. I mean and the partners would not take you seriously until you've proved that in the marketplace. At the end of last year, you guys had about 45 million US dollars under management,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is small by US standards, but the biggest in Japan mm-hmm. for the robo advisors. What is the target asset under management you need to get profitable? <laughs> Our target is uh, 1 billion US dollar. And that's mainly going to be achieved through partnerships with financial institutions. Half
1: and a half, we believe.
0: Okay. Yes. That's quite an aggressive target. $500 million U.S. dollars through social media and direct outreach. Yes.
1: However, you know, we should think, where is the blue ocean of financial industry? And then in Japan, provided by normal asset management, 86% of the customers... Never owns a mutual fund. Really? Yes, in Japan. And then when we look at the equity account in Japan, their penetration rate is about twenty percent. So eighty percent of customers never own the equity accounts or the mutual fund accounts. However, every financial industry focusing on the twenty percent.
0: Right, right. You think you're able to draw people who wouldn't normally be investing in equities into this program? Mm okay
1: and then uh, there is over 10 trillion US dollar in deposit in Japan so there's a huge
0: potential in Japanese market well and over half of Japan's financial assets are sitting in cash yes that's correct so everyone knows
1: it however every financial institution just focusing on the function equity mutual fund cost, but what we should do is uh, tell the concept of the product and then tell the concept of what we would like to you know, provide for them. And then after client use our service, what can achieve? We want our customer to achieve something in their life.
0: So it sounds like the real value you're building up long term is becoming a trusted financial brand. Yes. Are you planning on offering other financial services like insurance or... Um... Possibly,
1: but we cannot think it now because our you know, AUM asset under management is too small. Okay.
0: <laughs> and at first,
1: you know, we should reach to the profitable... profitable...
0: You have to focus on, on getting this right. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but something in the future. But, right? but we believe the safest asset in the world is a diversified product.
0: That message, I think, is really getting out now. Both in America and in Japan, there's a, like uh, Wealth Navi, Aid Security, mm-hmm. even Yahoo mm-hmm. has been talking about getting into to this kind of a thing. Yes. It's not a hard business to get into from a technical side. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, do you think that you're going to have other companies trying to copy your model where they'll build up a lifestyle brand? or a, a company like Yahoo would pose a bigger threat to you because they have a stronger brand than like Tokyo Mitsubishi UFJ Bank.
1: Yes, sure. As you said, it's easy to copy it technically, but it's not easy to copy our concept and then our brand. What we would like to do is uh, first have a very strong brand, very strong trust for the customer, maybe the innovator side. And then after that, expanded to the average users. And then when we look at the iPod or iPhone, some innovator used the iPhone. After that, it expanded to the average users. So we think about the same business model. Of course, it's easy to copy iPhone technically, but there's a core fan of the iPhone in the world. I, I really believe, Theo or RoboAdvisor Advisor is almost the same. It's easy to copy it, but it's not easy to copy our concept of brand.
0: Okay, so it really is a brand play. Yes. I think it makes a lot of sense. As a brand play, you're not competing on price. If you look at the U.S. market, for example, Mm -hmm. the robo-advisors are almost strictly evaluated based on price. Mm -hmm. This is still new in Japan. So in in the U.S., the average price is about 0.3%. Yes, yes and money design charges 1%. Yes. So do you think in the future, you're gonna feel pressure to lower those prices, or do you think the Japan market will remain more expensive, or do you just think the Theo brand will allow you to charge a higher price? We cannot deny
1: about the future of the price. Maybe it depends on the market, right? However, we won't jump onto the price competition Japanese blue ocean is the, the people who never invest in their investment products. Uh, as a result, their price sensitivity is not high. So, if we can provide an added value to them, maybe 1% or 0.5%, it doesn't matter. What can I get from Phil is much, much better for them. And also, we believe 1% is a fair in Japan. Because our user put their money in yen, and then we change its yen to dollar. We buy over thirty ETF, and then we rebalance and reallocate every month. And then after that, we throw it. uh, We exchange it dollar to yen. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of management. Do you yen hedge the whole portfolio? No. Okay, it makes sense. That's where the growth is going to come from. So over half of Japanese assets are in cash, which is crazy. But most individuals, when, when they think of their like, long-term financial planning, they're thinking about pensions and land and insurance products. Mm-hmm. Short-term, it makes sense you can get a lot of the early adopters on by building a strong social brand. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to do the very hard work of convincing the bulk of Japan, particularly the older people who are the ones that have all the money Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to kind of change their attitude Mm -hmm. and and to invest in a diversified portfolio Mm -hmm.
1: recently we acquired some technology companies and then we partner with the simplex which is the the best financial it company to create some kind of asset management system to local bank First, maybe the young generation customers can use the Teo for a small amount of money for the investment. However, someday they realize, I need to invest more or I, I want some advice from the you know, human. And then there is a so strong brand in the local bank. So customer use a Teo and then they're using a Teo plus local bank. And then they think, oh, this bank provides a very good product, teal maybe i can you know ask advice over the asset management and then the local bank's financial advisor can provide financial advice to the customers at that time we would like to provide the financial it product to the local bank and then the younger generation goes to old at that time we can provide a financial advice tool to the bank
0: Okay, that makes perfect sense. So the financial institutions are using Theo to reach a younger mm. demographic, and mm. Theo is using the financial institutions yes. to reach that older demographic. Yes, it's a very long-term strategy for us. Yeah, I, well, I guess it has to be. I mean, so much of the Japanese financial industry, the traditional one, is built on non-transparency and high fees <laughs> and, And it's really, I think, that was fine during the bubble years where everyone was making money. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really hurt Japan since the 1990s, certainly. In the the 90s and around 2000, the U.S. saw a lot of disruption in the financial sector by low-cost brokerages. It even forced traditional brokerages like Fidelity to to drop their commissions to next to nothing. Mm -hmm. ETFs put really... Tremendous pressure on mutual funds to drop their fees. We haven't really seen that happen in Japan yet. Trading costs are still high. The management fees on mutual funds are <laughs> huge. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Do you see that changing in Japan? Yeah.
1: We are not disrupting the bank or brokerage, but we are disrupting the mind of the user. Japanese people is too conservative. And then they think investment investment is evil, and then the cash is king. However, maybe the ten years later, or twenty years later, what happened? We think about Japan that the growth rate of Japan is too small, and then the too much debt, and then there's no maybe pension for their future. So they need to do something. Maybe banks or broker dealer cannot change because they have a legacy asset or legacy people. So what we should do is not disrupting the bank because there's the inf- infrastructure of the industry and the infrastructure of the, uh, the country. However, we can disrupt the mind of the Japanese people and then they can invest the money through tail and then we can you know save the Japanese future.
0: Well, I, I think that that probably is a big part of it. In the US, for example, the pressure that came on to lower fees was a result, I don't think, so much of new technology. But because of the changing of the tax laws for personal IRAs, suddenly lots and lots of people were trading stocks, and there was tremendous pressure. And you were saying that so far, uh, only 20% of Japanese trade stocks at all. (laughs) And, yes, and maybe as that number increases, there'll be more pressure on companies like Nomura and such yes. to
1: lower those costs. Yes, I can give you a very interesting example. Like Nomura, provide a DC distributed contribution plan. However, almost ninety percent of people choose deposit for their DC plan.
0: So just deposit in cash. Yes, <laughs> even DC plan. <laughs> and of
1: course, uh, we have a kind of a NISA. It's like an English ISA plan. However, the penetration rate is maybe 10%. So uh, the government provides a very good uh, structure for the investment side. However, people cannot choose it. Huh. That's the problem. So it's it's not not structural at all. Yes. It's not a structural problem. It's the mind problem. If you cannot change the user's mind, nothing will happen in Japan.
0: Even there's a good structure. Huh. So I guess products like Theo, robo-advisors, might be a very good sort of middle step to becoming more involved in managing your own finances.
1: Yes. So we provide Theo, and then this year we started Ideco, which is the uh, DC plan for the individual side, like IRA plan in the United States. Once we can change our customer's mind, maybe they can use Theo, and then they can use the uh, DC plan, and then they can put money for investment. Not the deposit side.
0: (laughs) Before we wrap up, let me ask you what I call my magic wand question. (laughs) And that is, if I gave you a magic wand and I told you that you could change one thing about Japan, anything at all, the education system, the way people think about risk, the way people think about investments, anything at all to make it better for startups in Japan, what would you change? Their mind for trust, trust it's, yes trust because
1: so many Japanese people trust legacy institutions. Oh, okay uh, yes particularly for the financial side, even startup provide a very good financial products. When customers compared to the very traditional bank, they believe traditional banks is uh, trustworthy. So that's the reason they cannot. Transferred their money from the traditional bank to startup.
0: Do you think that's just a reluctance of Japanese to try new things, or is it a deeper feeling that older companies or bigger companies are by definition more trustworthy?
1: This is kind of Japanese culture because when we look at the US market 10 years ago, the top 10 market value company is quite different yeah. from now. However, when we look at the Japan, almost the same. Really? Yes. Toyota, Mitsubishi, <laughs> and NTT or like that, it's almost the same even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So Japanese people believe large corporation too much.
0: So it sounds like it's almost sort of chicken and an egg problem. Yes. It's, they believe that large companies are, are more stable and safe because, in fact, they are in Japan. Exactly. So you'd use the magic wand to let them take a few more risks, try out some smaller companies, yes. and give them the chance to grow into those big yes. companies. Yes. Excellent. Well, listen, Jin, thanks so much for sitting Thank down with much. me. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Work is doing something pretty cool. It's a community of Japanese language students who want to work at Japanese companies with global ambitions. Kotowork also trains them in business culture, Japanese hospitality and a bit of global marketing. And since it's a real community, Kotowork is always there for both candidates and companies to solve cultural misunderstandings and the hundreds of other little problems that can come up when foreigners work for a Japanese company. Kotowork has a wonderful long-term community-based approach to making sure everything runs smoothly and you should really check them out at Kotowork with a C And we're back. I was really impressed by Jin's strategy and, so far, successful execution of not competing on price. In the short and medium term, I think that will be a sustainable strategy. When the U.S. created the IRA in 1974, many Americans started investing. By the time the public Internet rolled around at the end of the century... U.S. investors were primed to look for low costs. And yes, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Low costs and low fees are extremely important to any investor. As an investing company, however, they're extremely annoying. Japan is not yet cost-sensitive. Traditional brokers here are quite expensive, and mutual fund fees are very high. The main objections from Money Design's customers seem to be focused on convenience and a general lack of awareness rather than on price. The fact that other Japanese robo-advisors charge fees that are 50% lower than Money Design but have only managed to attract 10% of the assets under management shows that Jin's strategy is working, at least for now. As we see more awareness and transparency in the Japanese financial sector, it's fairly certain we'll be seeing strong downward pressure on fees as well. But it's hard to say when that will happen. Also, in the working great for the time being category, is their partnership strategy. Money Design's partnership with banks is an example of an almost perfect startup partnership. The banks are giving them access to a much larger market and money design is giving the banks access to a new offering unless there is an acquisition however these partnerships tend to be short-lived as both startup and enterprise start looking everywhere for growth opportunities eventually interests become misaligned and a falling out occurs of course by the time that happens the startup has often grown to the point where it no longer needs these partnerships. And it looks like money design is on a great trajectory. If you've got some insight on online banking or fintech in general, Jin and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com show098 and let us know what you think. And when you drop by, you'll see all the notes and links that Jin and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.